The riflemen were coming. That August of 1775, among the dispirited American troops besieging the British in Boston, exciting rumors spread of the imminent arrival of these mythical creatures from the backwoods and the frontier. Few, if any, of the New Englanders had ever before glimpsed one, but their fighting powers were considered to exceed those of any mortal, at least according to the newspapers and popular gossip. A correspondent for the Pennsylvania Packet wrote that in Lancaster he had seen a force of frontiersmen bearing in their bodies visible marks of their prowess and showing scars and wounds which would do honor to Homer's Iliad. One in particular showed the cicatrices of four bullet holes through his body, a fact that would have impressed the young, unblooded volunteers camping in Massachusetts. With their rifles in their hands, they assume a kind of omnipotence over their enemies, he added. Indeed, the frontiersmen well knew the image they projected. Their appearance alone inspired fear and wonder in their foes. One witness noticed them passing by, painted like Indians, armed with tomahawks and rifles, dressed in hunting shirts and moccasins. During their march, they invited locals to come watch them in action. They propped up a board, five by seven inches, and tacked a piece of white paper in the center as a bullseye. Then they began to fire offhand, and the bystanders were surprised, few shots being made that were not close to or in the paper. When they had shot for a time in this way, some lay on their backs, some on their breast or side, others ran twenty or thirty steps, and firing appeared to be equally certain of the mark. For the finale, one of them placed the board between his thighs while his brother shot eight successive bullets into it at sixty yards. The spectators, appearing to be amazed at these feats, were told that there were upwards of fifty persons in the company who could do the same thing, that there was not one who could not plug nineteen bullets out of twenty, as they termed it, within an inch of the head of a tenpenny nail. Later that night, the frontiersmen kindled a bonfire in the courthouse square, around which the company, all naked to the waist and painted like savages, except the captain, who was in an Indian shirt, awed onlookers, with an expedition of a war dance and all the maneuvers of Indians holding council, going to war, circumventing their enemies by defiles, ambuscades, attacking, scalping, etc., this particular company of 130-odd riflemen and their Indian-shirted captain consisted of Michael Cressop's Marylanders, Pennsylvanians, and others from places yet unsettled. The son of an English immigrant who became a prominent Appalachian, militia officer, and Indian trader, Cressop was a 23-year-old Marylander with long experience fighting Indians in the Virginia militia, as well as an unenviable, if perhaps not entirely warranted, reputation for massacring the families of his Native American foes. When Cressop's company arrived in Boston, they shocked the New Englanders with their insouciance. The frontiersmen were certainly not what the Bostonians had been expecting after Congress, still a little unsure as to what a rifle was, voted on June 14th to augment the New England militias by raising six companies of expert riflemen in Pennsylvania, two in Maryland, and two in Virginia, that each company consist of a captain, three lieutenants, four sergeants, four corporals, a drummer or a trumpeter, and sixty-eight privates. These units were ordered to march and join the army near Boston to be there employed as light infantry. Historically speaking, they were the first troops recruited for the nascent Continental Army.